All right, welcome back to the Craft Brew Film Review. Uh, today we're actually doing uh, what I'm going to call a, a podcast quickie. A quickie. <laughs> so uh, we've gone through all of the 1920s so far when it comes to the best bo- biggest box office uh, and the best uh, picture winner at the Oscars and given our thoughts of some of those movies. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the 1930s, I want to recap... All of the movies we went through in the 1920s that were uh, our picks. So we'll talk. We'll mention what the winner was and whether we thought of the Oscars and whether we thought the winner of the Oscars was the best or if we liked the other one. And we'll only talk about the winner and our picks. And the same thing for the box office. I'll mention what the highest box office earner was. And then of the ones we reviewed, we'll, we'll talk about the ones that we picked that we liked the best. And then for the entire plethora of movies we've watched for the 1920s, which all was only was, two years. <laughs> yeah, which was all, how many of them? Six, seven? Uh, let's see, three, six, 12 movies? There's a bit, oh my God. 12 <laughs> movies. Well, <laughs> since we're doing three per, uh, well, six per year, three per section, so three True. box office, yeah, three okay. Oscars. Math is hard. Technically, I guess it was 11, because we had one movie where it was the best uh, was box both. office yeah. and the Oscars. Yeah, right it was now. for both. But we'll, good. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> so we'll go through those. Uh, and then just mention which movie we like best of the 1920s that we watched. The reason I call this a podcast quickies because going forward, we'll have 10 years worth of movies that we've watched and picked that we'll be going through. So that'll be a full length. It'll podcast. be a full thing. This is just yes. the two. This is literally two years worth of movies because the Oscars started in 1928. Yes. But before we do that, since you just broke into a fresh can, what I are we did. looking at? I did. So what I brought for us today is the Lagunitas IPA. It is their uh, year-round IPA variety. They distribute to all 50 states. Um, They're a very solid... Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) They're a very solid choice. Um, They're not super expensive. They're not super cheap. It's right in the middle. It's a Mm -hmm. very solid, solid IPA for your grilling afternoons your football games baseball whatever sports balls that you like sports balls um or if you just want to chill after a hard day at work this isn't this is an excellent option all right i'll do a nice little slow one do it (laughs) all right so what was your prediction already on this one i'm I'm relatively certain you're gonna hate it Let's see. Dreamed in California, shared around the globe. Yes. Highly balanced, super drinkable. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> if not, it is for me. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Whoo! Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a little punchy. It's got a lot of beer in that beer. <laughs> See, I'm I'm getting like I we've done an IPA before, and that's kind of what I based that I knew I was pretty sure you wouldn't enjoy this one. So I'm kind of getting your tastes a little little dialed in a little bit, I think. So strangely, hold on. Oh, is there is there something you enjoy? It, it it hits you really hard when you first try it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially for someone who doesn't like beer. Um, and it does have a little bit of a, a linger behind. It like does, you, it does. Yeah. After you, after you've had that mm-hmm. that first sip, it just kind of sits at the, the top it, of the back of your throat. It's, it's, it's a little there. little resiny. It yeah. kind of sticks with you a little bit. But um, 
I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that I, I like it. Okay. But I am going to go as far to say that this might be the first beer of the entire podcast, which has been going on for so many weeks. Um, <laughs> I might actually finish this one. <laughs> All right. Okay. I, I won't have a second one, but I think I can actually finish this okay. one, strangely okay. enough. Okay. With hmm. with IPAs like or, or hops that they use for different kinds of beers, especially for hop forward ones, you can kind of break them up into three different categories. There's uh, citrusy. There's um, resiny, so it's kind of sticky. Mm -hmm. And then there's pine, uh, like uh, pine cones or pine notes. Um, that's my particular favorite style. Um, typically, like ones that were made, they're called West Coast IPAs. They typically be, they're more, they're more piney than anything else. You like it woodsy in your mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Make sure you say woodsy, because you say wood... Then it's an entirely different conversation. I mean something else. In which case, this podcast is going to end up on a different site. <laughs> hey, gentlemen, how you doing? Hello, OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, moving right along. Um, no, this this one isn't too like super punchy. Um, it does have some some pine notes to it. It's it's a little resiny because, like you said, it kind of sticks with you for a, for a little bit. Yeah. Um, some other IPAs, some of the stronger, more punchy ones, taste like liquid pine saw, and it's the most glorious thing. <laughs> glorious? Oh, that's fantastic. I was not expecting that. Oh, it's fantastic. Liquid pine saw, and I'm just like, ooh. It, it's, it, um, there's one from Dogfish Head. They're, they're in uh, Delaware. It's one of their super high alcohol IPAs. It's called 120 Minute, or 120 Minute IPA. Um, Without getting into like the big long brewing process that they do for it, it has an absolutely insane amount of hops in it, so mm -hmm. it's very punchy. You pop it open and it smells like someone just poured a bottle of pine saw into a glass, but it's <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's like so. I mean, you and I have known each other now for let's see, twenty two years. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, actually, almost exactly 22 years, because <laughs> even though this comes out in, like, January, February-ish, it's currently September. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> rapidly approaching way. October. <laughs> yeah, we have to record way in advance. Um, uh, but, so, 22 years, uh, we met in college. Yep. Um, and we, we were in a <clears> band. Yeah, we yeah. We were, band. were in jazz band together. Uh, but... I, I know that you, you and I went to on a trip to Europe together. We did. And... While there, I think this is the one and only time that I've had a beer where I'm just like, hmm, and got some more. We were in the, the Hofbra House in uh, Munich, Germany, mm -hmm. and I had their Dunkel, and I had a big old mug of yeah, it. Yeah, the, the leader, the leader, Liederstein. Uh-huh, and I, I, I downed that sucker, and as I recall, I got a second one. That was that was a great day. <laughs> You're like, holy shit, he's drinking a beer. That was, that was a great day. Um, yeah, we had... Uh, they they had two different kinds. They had the liter, and then a half liter. And I did I think one or two of each because we were only in town for like twelve thirteen hours or something oh, like that. Yeah. It was like a quick layover. Um, but yeah, up until that point, you hated beer. You wanted nothing to do with it, and you're like, well, uh, we were in Germany, but went in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> um, went in Munich. Yeah, hey, went in went in went in Germany. Um, yeah, we went to the, the hospital, like we were just kind of camped out as I recall, cause we got into town super early Yeah, and nothing was open. So we just kind of like left our luggage in the train station, which you can't do anymore. Really? Okay. Um, 
uh, just for con- uh, security concerns. Like they don't want you leaving anything in the train station for yeah. obvious reasons. Um, but like at the time, we just left it there and just kind of wandered around the city. <laughs> okay, well they were in lockers. We didn't just leave them in no, the middle no, of the place and leave. No, of course not. No, they had <laughs> yeah. These were paid lockers that you would you know pay a couple of euros or something. You could stash your stuff there for the day. Um, but I remember us like camping outside like the Hofbrau just waiting for them to open yeah. at like 10 o'clock in the morning local time. Um, we're on vacation. Typically, I don't like to drink before noon, but I mean, hell, we're in Germany. <laughs> Screw it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, that's not to mention the, the Polliner, I think it was. Oh, the, yeah, the Polliner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they you were, were falling asleep at earlier. the bar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, because I was tired. We've been up a lot, like, you know, backpacking through Europe. Uh, and you guys were all stopping by the Polliner to get a beer and everything and i was tired so i just laid down on the bar and went to sleep <laughs> and and we you know uh, another uh, guy we were with um like i mean we're we were the beer nerds of the group and yeah you could just kind of put your head down on the bar and i'm like james we need to finish this and go because they're gonna kick us out <laughs> <laughs> but hey maybe one day we'll just have a podcast of stupid fucking stories from some of our oh, trips man Oh, I'm, I'm sure we could Let's see. We've been to Europe together, New York, mm-hmm. Vegas. Yeah, Vegas a couple of times. Uh, yeah, went down to like Springfield and Arkansas and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Springfield. Um, we did some. Uh, what was it? So there was uh, Arkansas, St. Louis, St. Louis. Um, yeah, Springfield, Missouri. Um, what else have we done? It's been a lot. I'm sure there's other shit. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, that could be a whole other podcast in itself. Just like, here's some of the, here's an episode of the stupid shit we've done. Um, <coughs> Anywho, let's get Anywho, back on topic, shall let's we? Get back on topic, yeah. <laughs> All right, so today we're talking about the best of the 1920s. So let's recap a little bit. Um, we're going back to the 1928 Oscars. Okay. Uh, the best picture winner and your pick for what you liked the most was Wings, mm-hmm, correct? Which was uh, two young men. One rich, one middle class. Middle, uh, yeah, barely middle class. Yeah, well, middle class of this film. Um, <laughs> who are in love with the same woman, become fighter pilots in World War One. Um, so it was the Best Picture winner, but it was also your pick for the best Oscar. So we're just going to start with you and be like, why do you feel this was the best one of 1928? So going back and watching it, it's a lot of the techniques that they used for filming, um, especially with a lot of... like I. The best way I can equate it is like it was the uh, grand great great grandfather or grandfather of like your modern day fighter jet movies like Top Gun and stuff like that that mm-hmm. you know everybody likes, um, with the dog fighting scenes and a lot of the cool like innovative like camera tricks to get some to get some of the sequences that they used. Um, aside from it being a technical marvel for the time, true, it was uh, an engaging story. I mean, yeah, it's it's something that you it's it's cliche for a reason, right? It works. Everybody seems to copy that. Um, I I just I, when I was watching it, like I I never really got into watching silent films or anything else like that. Just for one, they're kind of hard to find. Yeah. Um, and it just never. I mean, like I've seen a couple here and there. Um, but that one actually, like, I was engaged with for the entire whatever two and a half hour runtime that it was. That was my favorite. I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with, uh, I guess, the cinematography would be the right word and some of the shots they did, because, like, like, to your point, it it was a lot of aerial combat that they were shooting from the planes, mm-hmm. uh, and that was obviously, I'm sure, a uh, 
a task and a half itself to do that. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it, it was like almost that like that day's our Top Gun. Yeah, and <clears> another <throat> thing I thought was was neat was that both of the main actors, the the fighter pilots, were actually trained fighter pilots. Yeah, um, one of which was uh, the, the, their days, Tom Cruise. Yeah, the, literally. <laughs> Like um, one of them, uh, f- like trained pilots for the war, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a while since. I mean, a lot's happened since then. But um, I want to say uh, he he learned or taught pilots for that. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. When I watched it, it wasn't that I didn't enjoy it. I, I did. There were there were aspects that I thought were very cool, especially when it comes to like the the, the shots they were getting with mm-hmm. on video. But for for me, it's definitely more about the story uh and on wings like i felt like i don't remember the exact runtime but you probably could have caught cut uh at least 30 minutes out of that movie of just like extra shit you didn't need there there was some slog but <laughs> it's the editor in me like get rid of that yeah. get rid of that, get rid of that. <laughs> there there was there was some slow parts to it but it there it served a purpose yeah i mean it was kind of building their relationship you know because they they started as as rivals and, and grew into best friends over the course of the film yeah while they were enlisted yeah, yeah. They, they were they were, you know button heads both wanting the same woman and then yeah and then while they're they, enlisted became friends yeah. yeah you know from enemies to brothers as it were yeah. um again it's cliche for a reason it works yeah um i mean story-wise it was interesting the fact that like uh if i recall he one of the the guys uh got shot down uh, behind enemy lines, mm-hmm. uh, and then what was trying to escape because this all took place during World War One. I uh, was trying to escape and actually stole one of the German uh, planes, and the one that didn't get shot down, that was still you know back where he, wherever his base was stationed, um, they noticed a German airplane was coming in, so he took off and started shooting at this German airplane that he didn't realize his friend was in, and he shot down his own friend, right, uh, and everything. So. Yeah, I mean that's an that's definitely an interesting story. Like I, as I recall, it was hard. It was a difficult decision for me to say that the one I chose over this one, it was just like a thin margin that maybe say like this other one was better. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so that was uh, Wings. Yeah, Wings. The, and the and it's hard for me winner. to say Wings and not think of the sitcom. <laughs> it has nothing to do. With, yeah, it has nothing to do with the sitcom. Not They're at completely all. different. Not even close. But the, uh, that's just what I think of. The, when the I say sitcom wings. is about sixty years later. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, but when we came to the uh, best picture nominees that we watched along with the winner, uh, the Racket uh, was one that was actually my pick for the Oscars, which I think was the better film. Uh, and it says an honest police captain vows to bring down a powerful bootlegger who is protected by corrupt politicians and judges. Um, and as I said, like to me, it's all about story. The rest of the stuff is great, but if the story isn't locked down and you know, essentially doesn't have all the, the fluff that's unneeded, it's, it's a good uh, storyline. Um, it it loses me a little bit when it comes to choosing what I like the best. And the racket, I think, was like ninety minutes or something, if I recall. So it was nice, short, uh, Very to, the to the point. To the point, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially a cop trying to bring down uh, this. What was it? Bootlegger. Um, yeah, trying to bring down this bootlegger, but he had like you know the mayor and chief of police and all these people that are like in his pocket, uh, and he because of him trying to take this guy down, he gets sent out to the the boondocks. Yeah, uh, but still finds a way to bring this guy to justice because it, it just <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, you mentioned the the corruption angle that that they were that they portrayed in the film, and 
I thought it was kind of interesting that due to that, they um, they wouldn't allow the movie to be shown in the city of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, that town... Chicago um, was all kinds of messed up yeah. at the time. Um, but no, like, they, they shipped him out of town, and it just so happened to be it's happenstance. Um, yeah, we no, it, Chicago Dogs, Deep Dish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, USA. Um, no, uh, no, yeah, again, no... no uh, it's 100 years later. 1928 Chicago. Yeah, not, not throwing any shade to Today's Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, no, like, they, they shipped him out to the boonies, and, like, the whole, the whole like, he got kind of drugged back into it just because out of sheer happenstance, just because this dude's younger brother, like, threw a, threw a woman out of a car, <laughs> like, in his jurisdiction. Yeah. Like, it just happened to be there, like... Oh well, shit. Because reasons. Yeah. yeah, I thought I was out, and then they dragged me back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, that for me that the racket narrowly beat out Wings. There was there's a lot of cool things about Wings, but to me, I'm like the racket. I was like, just because the story, it didn't have some of the stuff that I felt was unneeded and everything. I think that the story was better. Um, it, that's the winner for me. But let's continue with 1928 and get into the box office winner. Uh, the box office winner was The Singing Fool, um, which neither of us chose as our favorite. We talked about this one at length. Yes. Um, so The Singing Fool is a singing waiter and composer, Al Jolson, loves two women, Betty Bronson and Josephine Dunn, and he conquers Broadway and holds his dying son while sing, uh, after, uh, sorry, before singing his Sonny Boy song. Um Neither of us chose this, and I, I will say that until the very end, I probably would have chose this. But um, as we talked at length already, yeah, this one ends with uh, a scene in blackface, which came out of nowhere, had nothing to do with the movie, and we've like like you said, we've we've discussed quite a bit about you know the, the idea of blackface and just like it's. Pardon my French, but fucked up. It, it, it was common at the time, but it's still incredibly, incredibly yeah. wrong. Yeah, it, it, it's even trying to view this through a lens of a hundred years ago. It's, it's still very, very difficult. I, 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 I was watching this at home, um, and like I, I enjoyed the movie up until because mm-hmm. there, there was that scene, um, and not to, to rehash everything, but um, that he was getting ready for like this big performance. And then he pulls out this jar of like, um, it was like burnt charcoal or yeah, something like, like that. And he starts rubbing hands, it up on yeah. his hands. Like I see it's like, oh no, please don't do it. No, no. And yeah. he's doing it. <laughs> it ruined the entire movie for me. I mean, yeah. I, I understand. At that point, it's just like, nope. Yeah. I, I understand Al Jolson was a very big name for like civil rights and advocation of writers and things like that. But again, it's I, I felt incredibly uncomfortable watching that. I did not enjoy I mean that I don't want to watch the movie again. <laughs> yeah, put it this way. So there's some movies that we're watching that are not available for streaming and we have to buy them on DVD. Yes. So far each DVD we've had to purchase we have kept uh and figured maybe at some point maybe we'll do a giveaway and give those DVDs away. This one ended up in the garbage. <laughs> if I mean, if if I I would assume if someone wants to preserve those types of films, they will be in the Library of Congress or some university. You know, archive. yeah, I'm sure it'd still be around. But... I don't want that in my private collection. Exactly. Sorry, just don't. Yeah, no, and and that's the horrible part. Like up to that point, I probably would pick the Singing Fool as my uh, my favorite of that 
box office uh, podcast. Yeah, it was. It was it a was, great film. It was good up until that. Yeah, until that happened. It's like, and it'd be if there had been blackface the entire film, I'd have been like, I wouldn't have liked it, but I could have understood it. There was absolutely no reason for it suddenly to have blackface. It was just why it didn't even it didn't fit anything yeah it's just because like, he'd been singing like normally the whole time yeah it didn't it didn't make any sense to have it in it i mean i get he that's that's how he kind of got his start was yeah. was those types of performances so maybe they were kind of like hey remember this guy that's that's what he used to do i i'm i'm just throwing shit at the wall and see if it sticks i don't know yeah but it, it ruined the whole movie for yeah, me. Yeah, probably like, this is what he's known for, so we yeah. still have to do that in the film. Yeah, yeah I, I, again, it completely ruined the movie for me. I don't yeah. want it, I don't, I, I don't care to ever see it again. I don't care. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Um, so the, for the box office movies that we watched, your pick was Four Sons. Yes. Which is a family saga in which three sons of a Bavarian uh, widow go to war for Germany and the fourth goes to America, um, hit Germany's eventual you know opponent in the war. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start there and be like, <laughs> obviously I know why it beat the singing fool, but <laughs> out of everything else, why was this your favorite? Well, movie? aside from the obvious, <clears throat> yeah, um, I actually I enjoyed it. I far preferred it over it. Um, John Ford directed that particular film. Um, absolutely legendary director. Um, did a lot of westerns up through the '60s. Um, worked with uh, uh, John Wayne a lot. He won Best Director. I want to say it was four times um, throughout the Oscars that we'll we'll get to in future episodes. If if um, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a it was a silent movie, but it, it really it showed um, it 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 showed uh, so like you had the one guy moving to America and they end up clashing through. Mm-hmm. Germany and um, they end up as soldiers on both sides. It, it was it was a really interesting film, especially looking at this from like the the mother of of this, where like you know three of her kids are fighting for Germany and one kid's fighting for the enemy, the Americans, and how she's kind of like ostracized yeah. from from everything. Nobody wants anything to do with her. Like they started the movie like everybody knew her and loved her, and then all of a sudden now we don't want anything to do with her. There was one really cool um, sequence that stuck with me, and I I'm, I I loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, they showed her sitting at the dinner table, yeah, and they had like these uh, double exposure of her sons just kind of sitting around talking, enjoying dinner, or whatever, like the ghosts of her kids, you know, just while she was sitting there, just in complete despair. It really hit a chord with me. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Um. It, it, that's it. I I can't really. I mean, I can't expose any more about it. That that hit. I mean, like that was perfect. Absolutely, yeah, it was a great shot. It was a great shot. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> no, I I was. I didn't hate the movie. Uh, but as we've already discussed uh, in a previous podcast, which you can obviously go listen to that. Yes, please. Um. <laughs> uh, my problem became with that movie is just the fact that. I built something up in my head before I watched it. Did, did I talk it I up a little it, bit? Do what? <laughs> did I talk it up a little bit? <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, I the, the the synopsis of Four Sons. I built something up in my head as to what I thought it was going to be, and then that's not what it was. The idea of, like, focusing on the the uh, sons and, like, you know, them having to fight each other on opposite sides of a war and how that right. affects them, you know, mentally, psychologically, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't really part of it at all. 
the closest you came to seeing them meet on the battlefield was like the one fighting for America just found his brother that was fighting for just Germany, randomly like dying there. On the, yeah. yeah. And if you know anything about like how those, how, how shit went in world war one, that would not have happened. It yeah. was a complete calamity. No way. <laughs> yeah. Put, put it this way. The idea I had in my head for four sons, I had actually had a brief thought for a moment which I'm probably not going to end up doing. But like as you know, I've 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 dabbled in a few areas of the arts. I've uh, you know done video stuff and everything like that. But I've also written some books, and I thought about. I was like, should I go write a script for a Four Sons movie that I would have wanted to see, <laughs> and maybe see if I can do something with that? But I was like, I've got too much other shit in my plate. So I was like, never mind. <laughs> we'll table that for now. But still, I'm just like that. That movie could have been in so much more f- from my perspective when it comes to like. Uh, brothers meet each other on the battlefield uh and happen to like especially from the one that's like oh that migrated to america and then got drafted uh meeting a brother of his on the battlefield and if that brother had known that like my previous brother died fighting america and now you're fighting for them and we're we're family what the fuck is going on here like Mm -hmm. i think that story could be an amazing film uh, and because of what I had in my head before I watched the movie, that made me go like, no, no, I don't like this movie just because of what I had in my head prior. Mm-hmm. So that's it's yeah. it's tough because it, when you, what have you... <laughs> my fingernail just barely clipped. What it. have you done? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it's tough, especially with movies like this, because you read a synopsis and it's supposed to it's supposed to grab your attention. You know, like, hey, I want to watch and it that. Did. Um, but like you said you you start running through the the potential ideas and it's mm-hmm. it's tough to it, not just with these movies but any movie um when you read a synopsis you start picturing things like how you expect it to kind of be yeah. and then when you see it it's not that which can greatly affect like how you perceive that movie to be it's really hard to disconnect those two cuz i i'm i'm fall trapped to that all the time too yeah that hits me a lot um like I'm not going to say I'm an accomplished writer. I'm not. Not at all. But, I mean, I've always been drawn towards the arts. uh, And actually took the time to write four books. So, like, even though I would not say I'm an accomplished writer, like, there is still a writer-storyteller in me somewhere. Um, So, anytime I watch a movie, that's probably why the story, like, is so important to me. And I'll be looking at something, I'll be like, this story could have been better if you'd done this, this, and this. <laughs> right. You, you start you start looking at it from from a critical eye. Yeah. Um, which uh, kind of what we're doing now. Very um, true. Uh, it's it's it, since I've started this project with with you, I, I've noticed myself starting to look at that more yeah. often rather than just like shutting that shutting that off and just kind of like you know just eat the popcorn throw, and throwing enjoy the popcorn it. and like hey let's <laughs> let's go for the ride. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really tough to turn that off. Yeah. Um, cause you start looking at everything super critically. Yeah. I mean, to that point, like that's how this whole podcast was born. Uh, essentially when we were in our twenties, uh, we would go to, you know, movies, uh, at our local theater and, uh, we'd probably go to the latest showing possible, like 1130, oh, 1130 midnight, something midnight, like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'd watch a movie and then we'd go out to the parking lot and we'd end up talking about our thoughts about the movie for like an hour plus uh to the point that sometimes like 
we shut the theater down and like we went to the last movie showing of that uh film we saw any any film we saw and then we come out of the, the uh out of the parking lot and we're talking about it and eventually like the 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 parking lamps and the, the yeah, parking, the parking lot would shut would off, off and the cleaning crew would left, show up. Cleaning crew would show up. Yeah. Um, but like, it's like, Oh, it's, that's probably our cue to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. We're like, Oh, we've been standing here talking for two hours. We should it's go three o'clock in the morning. Oh boy. So yeah, which is kind of like, it's, it's, it's fond memories of those times, which I think this podcast was born out of. Uh, Cause I mean, out of all of our friends in our group, I think you and I like, love the most deep diving into films uh others would like be part of the conversation a little bit and then they'd be kind of like just all right are we done yeah i'm, I'm tired i want to go home <laughs> whereas you and i are like we're not done talking i wanted to talk about that thing and that thing <laughs> yeah like bro i'm tired <laughs> yeah yeah no definitely um so yeah that four sons was your pick for the box office yes um let's get into my pick for the box office which was actually a uh, street angel um, so a woman on the run from the law finds her past catching up just as she is on the verge of true happiness. So essentially a woman who her mother dies at the beginning of the film and she had no money to afford it, takes a, a chance at being essentially a sex worker on the streets trying to, you know, get people to give her some money so she can afford this medicine for her mother. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, things... and then like she tries it for like all of 15 seconds. If Nobody that. takes her up on it. <laughs> uh, and then like cops notice her. And then for the rest of the film, she's trying to create a life out of herself into falling in love with some guy she meets at the circus. <laughs> uh, all while these cops just randomly show up like, Hey, I remember you. You're the girl that was a prostitute and trying to lock her up. Again. Even though they were, it was in Paris, right? Um, uh, maybe was I it don't in Paris? The exact setting that or Italy? Because I know there was another similar film. It was a very movie. similar movie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it may have had the same actress. It, it was the same actress. Ha! <laughs> it was that in Seventh Heaven. They both had the same yes. actress who was yes. a prostitute or a sex worker who, who had a run in with the law and ran to the countryside, and yet the the countryside police recognized her from the city. Yeah, I, yeah. The, 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 the cop was just randomly out seeing the circus, like. And then randomly back where he's supposed to be. And, like, he's just catching her everywhere. Yeah, like, it, he, it, he patrolled all of Italy. <laughs> they had one... Yeah, I think it was Italy because it was Naples, I think, was the city they yes. were in. Yeah. Or, or... Shit. Pretty sure it was Naples. They both run together, dude. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, they're, they're very similar because they have the same actor and actress. Yes. And, like... Might one... have the same director, too. One was in Naples. One was in Paris. Yeah. And... I think Seventh Heaven was the Paris one. Naples... Because Naples was the, the street angel. Ah, oh, this was so... <laughs> <laughs> Scripts are just recycled in Hollywood and change a couple names, move on. Nothing has ever changed. (laughs) There's nothing but sequels and remakes and reboots. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, like, that was my pick for the best of the box office. Um, It was a a decent story. Um, I know I had some issues here and there with it, but less issues I had with that than the other films uh, that we watched for that podcast. So that was Street Angel for me. So, um... Going back to your picks, mm-hmm. between Wings and Four Sons, which would be your favorite of those two before we get to 1929? Ooh. If I had to, if I was put to a point, I'd probably have to say Wings. Um, again, that, that one particular sequence in Four Sons really, really grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, it was, it was a good movie. That one really kind of took it over the top for me, but I think overall I'd have to say Wings. Okay. 
So for me, it's out of the Racket and Street Angel. And it's, it's difficult for me to pick between these two. Um, but I think I'm going to go the Racket for a story. Okay. Um, it's difficult for me to choose between the two because I did enjoy both of them. Uh, but I know there were some issues I picked apart with Street Angel, like, you know, the Batman cops that just randomly showed up and just kept finding her the, everywhere. The Batman cops <laughs> and the bear. The, oh, yeah, the bear, the bear that, that was, that like, just, mauled like, mauling the guy. the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. Like, so. ah, look at her go, and you're trying to eat me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to go with Wings and the Racket. Yep. Okay. So let's move on to 1929. And 1929 is an interesting year, uh, and I'll get to why here. So... The Best Picture winner was the Broadway Melody, otherwise known as the Broadway Melody. Uh, <laughs> to understand that, watch the other podcast. All right. It's it's yeah. <laughs> I can't like we I can't understate that. It'll um, give you much needed context. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's a pair of sisters from the vaudeville circuit trying to make it big time on Broadway, but matters of the heart complicate the attempt. This was the 1929 Best Picture winner. Neither of us chose this as our favorite from the Oscars. Mm. So let's move on to the ones we actually, the one we actually did pick. And this year we chose the exact same one, which was Alibi. Um, it was one of the Best Picture nominees, and we both agreed that it was the the better of the films that were. For it that. was yeah, it was kind of a weak weak selection of of films this time around, and that was like the best. So, let me get the synopsis real yeah, quick. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. So, a prohibition gangster marries the police sergeant's daughter shortly before being accused of murdering a policeman during a robbery that occurred while he was at the theater with his wife. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, what were you going to say? No, it, it it was kind of a weak, a weak lineup. Like, and that was uh, I, best of the worst, I guess. <laughs> like, I, I don't... I don't know. I mean, looking back on it, it I don't know if like I really like enjoyed any of them. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of like, yeah, that one was okay. <laughs> See, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually liked Alibi. Alibi. Uh, so, like, I know I had not to go too much into it again, but I had gone on that like a lot of these early films we had watched didn't do a lot of like say B roll footage. It was just the main camera. So, like, we talked about one movie where like you know he's doing stuff below camera shooting a box opening pulling stuff out but it's always just this shot right in his face and right, it never yeah. shows anything down here right and at one point like he actually ducked down below camera and like you don't even see anything but like the, his hair the and then eventually he pops head, back yeah up. yeah so like there was a lot of visuals that i thought was very interesting and then also with alibi um for a long time like you don't know who to believe like, did he do this? Because they don't show him doing this. They just say this, like, hand kind of come out from behind a car and bang and kill a cop. Uh, and he's like, I was at the freaking theater with my wife. What the hell are you talking about? Um, so for a long time, you don't really know who the bad guy is, whether he did it or if it's the cops who are, like, you know, threatening to shoot a, a criminal right. to get him to say that uh, Chick Williams, I think his name was, Chick Williams did this. Yeah, they they were they were showing their enhanced interrogation techniques. <laughs> yes. um, no, and um, the, I do recall us talking that there was one kind of thing um, that we we both kind of dug was that they actually showed the investigation part. Yes, like they they did the can we drive from this part to here and back in this time frame. 
Yeah, because like it, it, the the robbery happened during intermission. Um, so yeah, like to that point, like the cops actually went to one of the shows and the second intermission started, they walked out, got in a car, drove to where this happened, drove back just to make sure to your point that this could have happened in that time frame to prove that Chick Williams had enough time during intermission to do it. Yeah, it was, it was a fun, I mean, it, it, I, uh, again, uh, there was (laughs) the drunk guy undercover was not, (laughs) oh my God, (laughs) for context. Watch the other podcast uh, again. <laughs> or again, listen yeah, to it. It, it provides very important context. Um, that that whole thing didn't didn't buy it for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree. But I mean, I, I I thought the story was great, and yeah. I I this is one where like the story was tight, it was to the point, but then all also adding in all that B roll footage and the way he was experimenting. The director was experimenting with uh, both visuals and sound. Um, cause that was the one that had the whole like opening scene with the prison where he was doing like the nightstick stuff. Yeah. 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 That. Um, so, I mean that to me like was the clear winner for the, uh, the year for that was it Oscars 29. Yeah. The Oscars. Mm-hmm. That was a clear winner for me. Um, the Broadway melody was just like, <sighs> <laughs> I mean like uh, for, for that one, like there was some, some parts, like I felt bad for the lead actress just cause she kept getting screwed over by everybody really. Her sister, her boyfriend. Oh, for the Broadway melody. Yeah, all yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it. They kept that one, like one hook, and then they kept digging at it. <laughs> yeah. No. So yeah. Um. I picked. Uh, sorry, we both picked Alibi as yeah. the best. What should have been the best picture winner out of the uh, the picture. So, getting on to the actual box office winners. This is the funny part. The Broadway Melody that we did not think was the best picture winner out of the options we chose, out of the box office winners, so obviously the alibi was not included no. in those box office winners, we chose the Broadway Melody as our box office winners because the box office winners for that year were garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them you couldn't find anymore. So true, like, true, true. So, so like we were kind of like... They might have been great. Yeah, we were yeah. pigeonholed into what we had to watch. Yeah, Rio Rito and Rio Rita and On With The Show, I think. Yes, yeah. yeah, those were the other two. Um, didn't like either one. <laughs> yeah, they, they were not They were not great. <laughs> no, like... <laughs> which, which is clear because, like, out of all the box office winners, like, the Broadway Melody sucks. I like this one. But then out of the Oscars winners... Or, sorry, the Oscars winners, the Broadway Melody sucked. We like this one. But then we get to the box office winners, it's kind of like... Everything. Well, the Broadway Melody wins by default because the rest are just bad. The other ones were terrible, <laughs> but they were song and dance type of movies, and that's that's kind of what like that's what the big draw was during those times. You know, everybody liked yeah. the whole like singing and dancing kind of thing. Yeah, and everybody talked like theirs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we talked about their singing, they're talking. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a say, say. <laughs> they throw that vibrato in there, and every song was the same. <laughs> uh, so, so, so I. To that point, I think I know the answer, but the Broadway Melody versus Alibi, what is your pick? Oh, boy. <laughs> For 1929. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to say Alibi. Uh, I totally agree with you. All right. So, uh, let's break it down for all of the 1920s, which is, I, f- I feel is going to get a lot harder as we actually have a full decade to review versus two years. That's we're talking about. So if we do a full decade at three movies a decade or three movies a year, that's sixty movies. Well, we'll we'll have upwards of three movies to, or sorry, no, uh, two. 
two per year because like whatever your favorite was versus whatever my favorite was. Right, but we so two per year. That's going to be at least or sorry at most twenty movies we have to discuss as to what we liked the best. So we we're still we for each like category for each year. Mm-hmm. So we have box office and Oscar winners. We have to pick three movies. Or that's what we did to start. But when we get to the best of, we, whatever we haven't picked, we don't need to talk about it because obviously we didn't care for those. Right, but we still have to watch <laughs> them to get to that point. Yes, yes we do. <laughs> so, for each decade, we're talking about 60 movies. Yes, 60 ten, movies ten per decade. 10 years at three per... <laughs> <laughs> we do it all for you! <laughs> Anywho. All right, so we both picked Alibi. Free time, um, what's that? You picked Wings yes. for 1928, Alibi for 1929. Yes. What is your favorite overall for the 1920s? Wings. Wings? Wings. All right. And no, mine, no hesitation. Yeah, no hesitation. No, I, I feel like I'm going to be the same way. Mine was between Alibi and Street Angel. Uh, and it's going to... Or, sorry, no. Did I pick The Racket or Street Angel? <laughs> I think I picked The Bro. Well, it doesn't matter. Alibi I liked better. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember which one I picked, but it doesn't matter. Alibi is okay, going to win. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to install a whiteboard right here. <laughs> right here. Just right write here. down what our picked was. So that way we can write down, <laughs> and then y'all can hold us accountable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I, I was like, wait, which one did I pick? I was like, the racket or the street angel? <laughs> um, I think I picked the racket, but hey, I don't remember. It doesn't matter, though, because regardless of which one of those I would have picked, Alibi is the winner for me. Fair enough. So, Wings. Yes. Alibi. Yes. Mine was better. Doesn't matter. No. False. <laughs> T- tell you what. Let us know in the comments. Y- y'all watch them and then let us know. You can, you can tell me that he's wrong. <laughs> you tell me that he's wrong. All right. So, um, that is our best of 1920s. Uh, we did not agree. So, for the decade so far, it's... You know, you had one. I had one. Uh, I'm going to keep track of this throughout the decade and see how many times we actually agree. Fair enough. Um, but hey, uh, the next podcast, we're going to be delving into the 1930s. And uh, I don't have in front of me the movies we're going to be watching, but it doesn't matter. We've already talked about what we're going to watch in the next podcast. And the next one, we will discuss at the beginning what movies we're watching. Indeed. But until then, I'm Jeffrey. I'm Anthony. See you at the movies. <laughs>